Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. We reached out to you because loads of people have been talking about you in our club and go, this guy's good. You got to have him on. He talks sense. So we're, we thought we'd better speak to you. And then I've looked at some of your stuff and it's, it's, uh, you're, you're not a fan of some mining companies, a lot of mining companies. <laughs> right. This is, this is a tough business overall, right? And you have, yeah, you have some bad actors, but you do have some good people. And, and if, you, if, you, if you are lucky enough, because luck is definitely involved here, uh, it can turn out very well for you. Uh, and it did with one of the companies that I own. I mean, it's been a life-changing event for me. But the other ones, the other 90% or 95%, it's been an absolute disaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I always say to people, I think like about, you know, I say it's probably, there's about 70% of the companies on the exchange are not here to mine for anything out of the ground. That's not, that's not the name of the game. They will never become mines. You know, that's not to say people haven't and won't make money on their way up, you know, because there's a mm -hmm. kind of momentum game. There's a, yeah. there's a, you know, kind of, I, I call them like promote companies, right? So people can make money that way. It's not, I, I don't personally feel it's a very honest endeavor because, you know, some companies are set out for life, as lifestyle companies. They're there to, you know, extract money from retail and pay themselves a nice salary. That's, that's right. what they're set out to do. Right. And um, and then there are others who, with the best intention in the world, you know, have got a, a rubbish asset and it's never going to work. It didn't work last time, won't work this time, it won't work next time. And I think it's quite, um, it's, those are harder to spot because people, they mean well, but they just they haven't do. got yeah. the good thing, right? And then there are some good, good people. So I'm doing um, a session tomorrow night with, I think, four sets of CEOs who've actually built minds, they've created shareholder value, they've made people money and themselves money. Those guys I can I can listen to because I think it's an interesting yeah. um it's very interesting you, group. How do you decide you know which ones you will go with? Because that's not easy. The investing. And no no like how do you decide which companies you will listen to or you will you know interview or whatever because it's not easy to decide which, even if you have uh, management that's, that means well, like if, if their project is, is bad, it, it, you know, it, they're not going to make it good. There is gold in the ground or, or it's not, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think for me, what we set out to try and, because having sort of had our asses handed to us in the early days, we, 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 we needed to work out, how does it work? What are the rules of the game? How do people, what are the different business models out there? How, how, do, how do these guys operate? Because I think if you know the rules, then you can make better choices and better decisions. And we decided to try and be um, open to all exchanges, all types of companies, small and big and everything in between. And, and just listen. That's what we did for, crikey, 18 months. We just listened. We didn't invest money. We just wanted to hear how people phrase things, what they, what they said, you know, do our analysis. We've got some analysts here, and I'm an ex-analyst. You know, try and understand when a company says one thing, what's it actually mean? You know, what's the implications there? And um, it, it's tough. 
it's not, you know, because most people, retail guys in this space, haven't got the training, haven't got the financial training, haven't got the, you know, technical geological training, or and they haven't been investing for that long, or they've got some, you know, areas that where they may may have made some money, lost some money. And it's not really a kind of applied science there. So it's it's hard, I think, for these guys. And all we all we said we'd do, tell you what, let's just sit and listen to everyone. We've got no problem listening to people. I don't have to do anything. You know, if I disagree with them, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because I'm not yeah. going to put my money in it and I'm not going to tell anyone to put any money in it. We, we made a conscious effort not to, you know, do be a stock picker because we saw a lot of these newsletter writers going, who obviously paid by the companies to say, tell people to buy our stock. And we're like, that's not good because you don't believe the company will work, but you're making money in different ways. Your business model is different. Right. So, well, it's, it's, interesting that, it's interesting that you're saying this because, yes, um, retail investors don't have the, the knowledge uh, to be able to uh, differentiate between the good, bad, and average. And, and, and the reason why I did the series, why I hate the mining stock is because so I have this uh, serv- service microcap explosion, okay? Yeah. And and that's so good. I, I, yeah. That's good. And thank you. And I got I got this guy to subscribe because I had, you know, success with this one particular company that you know went up like sixty six x. And he subscribed, and then he asked for a refund within like four hours because he said, "I thought you were going to cover more mining stocks." because I was impressed with this one, but you're not covering that, then I want my money back. And I was, I said to him, I said, I think this is the stupidest reasons I've ever heard. And I'm going to make a video and series out of it because it is so freaking stupid. You have no idea what you're getting yourself into, how bad of a business it is. And that's how this series was born because there's a lot of retail guys out there that are listening to the promoters and are jumping in full out the entire portfolio into this sector and i'm like you guys are crazy and you know what that's fine if you want to do this but educate yourself and then if you get hit you're at least going to know what you get hit by and i'm going to create a video series of 10 companies that i was personally involved with and they destroyed five years of my life uh, by promising and it's not like i promised to make ten dollars and they make eight they promise to make 10 and they lose 100. Like it's not even close. So I said, look, I'm not going to bash these CEOs or anything. I'm going to just make a video of what they promised and what happened. And that way, you know what you are dealing with. And then you can make a decision. Hey, do I want to be in it or do I want to believe in it? That's it. But I just wanted to kind of show it, you know, without without like, oh, this so-and-so is an idiot, because I don't think any of them are idiots. I don't think any of them were trying to destroy value. But hey, this is what it is. And this is what this industry is. is So be careful. And that's all I was trying to do with this series. I, I, I think more people need to do what you are doing. Okay, they must call out companies, must call out behavior, must call out the CEOs when they see something or, or yeah, but do it in a polite way. You know, you know, you don't need to, like you say, you don't need to be screaming from the rooftops or, you know, I see a lot of um, anger in the chat rooms and forums. You know, you go to CEO.ca or the Australian one's called Hot Copper and we've got one here called ADBFN in, in the UK. 
And people go on there and they just vent. They get very, very angry. And look, not surprising. We're talking about money here. This is their right. money. Someone's right. lost their money. It, right. It's, I, you know, obviously, if you can't afford to lose the money, don't invest, right. first of all, right? But even so, when you have made the decision to invest, there's an expectation of a certain behavior, uh, you know, that the company will do things that they said they were going to do to the best endeavor, there's some things they can't control, like the, you know, the market, right. price, whatever, and that's fine. But most of it they're in control of. And if they don't do those things, you've got an audience here, unsophisticated, really. I mean, most retail are unsophisticated, really, okay? Yeah. Um, and they, they're going to believe it, hook, line, and sinker. And they will keep believing it because they don't want to believe that they're wrong at any point. Right. They don't want to say, now's the time to get out. They're going to keep it's sometimes doubling down. They'll ride something up. They'll ride it back down again. And it's, it's repeat behavior. And we see this a lot. And I think we're trying, and people like you are trying to point out, you know, the do's and the don'ts or the questions you should be asking. I think that's fantastic. But I think there's a large majority of retail who will ignore that. They, yeah, yeah. they will just want you to do the heavy. They want someone like a newsletter to point at something and go, that's going to work. And when it doesn't work, they'll blame the newsletter writer, not themselves. Right. There's no money. So I, I, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a tough, it's a tough one, but all we can do, people like you, me, and others, there are some good people out there can do is just keep, keep pointing it out. If you get one or two people to actually listen, then, then that's a win because not everyone's going to. It's, it's, right, right, I agree. It's kind of thankless sometimes, but um, right. what can you do? What can you do? So tell me about this, this serious thing. So you did like, was it 10? Quite a few. Yeah, it was 10. It was 10. And, and it was, uh, I mean, at first I thought I was going to do just do one video, but then I looked through my notes and I was like, this is like 10 hours worth of stuff. And <laughs> so I'm going to like feature individual companies and, it, and, and it's like, and I was uh, releasing them one video at a day. And some people were like, how can you possibly produce so many videos? And I said, because I already know all these, all these mess ups. I went through them. I like, like, I know exactly what they promised and what they didn't deliver. So it was just like, bam, 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 one after another. And it, it ranged from, uh, you know, oh, we're going to become a mid silver producer, uh, take production from a million ounces to 6 million to zero. Uh, from another one where we have 200 million uh, silver ounces in the ground, Oops, we made a mistake. It's only 20 million. I mean, it's just, uh, or we're going to put this one into production and this one, the other one into production. And then the next thing you find out, the partner stole the whole property from them. And it's just like, how is this possible? You, you think about like, okay, I, I invested in this one and this one and it didn't go right. How is this possible for 10 in a row to go like that? It's, then you start thinking, hold on a second. I did so much due diligence. Like I knew everything I could about, about these properties. I studied so much that I even wrote a book about gold. Show me this. Show me this. Show me this. This is a book. I wrote a book. I wrote two books on this industry. Okay. That's how much I learned about it. Gold production from beginning to end and how gold companies finance themselves. So this one is about all about financing, private placements, 
royalty streaming, right? So like, I'm not like, oh, I didn't do my homework. Like I knew everything about these properties that I could. Like I, I was calculating, you know, grams, recoveries, this and that. Uh, looking at the geological reports, I read books on the subject, educated myself, and I still fucked up. I still lost so much money. So then I'm thinking about most, 99% people are not going to do barely anything. And they're just like going in droves up after those companies it's just like slow down people like educate yourself first and realize that like this is a business where the odds are stuck against you and i'm not saying you can't succeed because i obviously succeeded with you know my big position but in order to succeed with one i had to endure so much pain that they just cannot even you cannot even imagine what i went through what was so tell me this with the things with the companies which didn't go as you expected or you were led to believe? When you look back now, can you see why? Was it people? Was it the market? Was it you know the commodity price? And what what were the actual well, reasons? Okay, mostly so it's it's easy it's easy to say, and some people say, oh, you know, that the commodities at that time weren't responding. Okay, it's easy to say that, but. Uh, like uh, uh, your partner stealing your property has nothing to do with commodity prices, okay? And then I don't know if you remember this company, Midway Gold. Yeah. Do you remember yeah, this? Yeah, okay, yeah, so this was a company yeah. that was run by like a former, uh, I think he was from Barrick or, or some other major company. So he was a former executive there and he came in and, and, and it was like a, the name of the property was Penn Property in Nevada. And like so many newsletter writers, analysts were just hot on this. Everybody was talking about it. And I didn't invest in this company, but I, I wrote about it because my followers or people that knew about me were telling me, hey, look at this Midway Gold, look at this Midway Gold. So the management was like first class. The, the experience that, the, that, that they had was unbelievable. And what happens? The company goes bankrupt. Be, why? Because the feasibility study said, said that they have 0.4 grams and instead they had 0.3. So you're like sitting there, it's like, okay, how can you, how can you even go with this? If, if a guy that's from Barrick or whatever misses this, like how can you as a retail investor not get your ass handed to you in these companies, right? So that's just one example. And then um, uh, let me see. Another example is, so I have this company uh, was Monument Mining. So they had, uh, they had uh, properties, gold properties in, uh, in Malaysia, and they had this uh, gold producing property that was generating like 40,000 ounces of gold per year at a cost of like $300, okay? They were like the, one of the lowest cost producers in the world, okay? And I bought this thing at a market cap of 100 million. It was producing about 50 million of cash flow per year, and it had 50 million of cash in the bank, okay? Over the, uh, since I bought it over the next 10 years, it generated almost $300 million of cash flow. And the company went down 90% because they destroyed the entire 300 million of cash on projects that never went anywhere. And so then I'm, I'm, I'm telling people, look, if I tell you, you pay 100 million for something, 
It generates 50 million of cash flow per year. It has 50 million in the bank. I guarantee you that it will generate 300 million of cash flow over the next 10 years. Would you pay 100 million market cap for it? Absolutely. And I'll tell you that you will lose 90% of your money. See, this is mind boggling to me that this is even possible. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, the CEO doesn't know what he's doing or whatever. I don't want to be this, um, you know, judgmental and, and stuff, but uh, they obviously successfully put this mine into production that became this low cost producer and generated so much cash flow. I'm asking, how can you blow through 300 million and show absolutely nothing? So these are the kind of examples that I show them is like, look, you're looking at some of these things and they seem like uh, you can't lose money. They seem like too good to be true. And yet you can still get your ass handed to you. That's what people need to realize. They need to open their eyes and, you know, um, position their, their portfolio accordingly to what the risks there are, because you know what? Nobody's going to tell them that. You listen to these interviews, the guy has a, a tie on, right? Looks, has a nice haircut, shaved in the morning, and is going to talk about, yeah, uh, we're going to do this, this, and this. Tomorrow, we're going to apply for a permit. And in 18 months, we're going to produce 200,000 ounces of, of gold. And we're going to be on our way to be a 200-ounce producer, meter producer. And look at our beautiful presentation. If you compare it to our peers, we are so undervalued. And that's the message you're getting. So, and then these people uh, take out equity loans under houses and then put so much money into it because they see this as a way to get out from, I don't know, their miserable life in the corporate world. And then at the end, they go broke. Do you, I mean, what, what sort of feedback did you get when you did that series? Because obviously you're covering a lot of topics there and you're saying, here's some actual examples of... I don't know what you called it, however you described it. I don't want to say mismanagement or anything, but, you know, the situations where you will have lost your money or you could have lost your money. How did they, how did the people watching it react to you? So two responses. Most, most of the people were, were very thankful that I brought it to their attention. They enjoyed the series. Um, it opened up their eyes because they didn't believe at first. And then I had some people, a handful, maybe five, who, you know, are from the industry or they might be running a silver or gold company and, you know, they don't like it. And they're arguing with me that, you know, I made this mistake or that mistake or, you know, I need to educate myself. Or if I go with people like uh, with positions like Sprout or Landine or Rick Rule, uh, then I will be fine. And then as I'm, uh, you know, putting out these videos, I'm like, look, Sprout was involved here. Okay, Landine was involved here. Timmons Gold, Landine was was uh, one of the shareholders. Sprat was involved in almost all of them. And Sprat, when two of them went bankrupt, Sprat was the one that bought them out of bankruptcy. So it's like, you know, I I I um, respect Sprat. I respect Rick Rule, and you know, but just because these people are involved doesn't mean you can just leverage your house and put everything on it because. There, Sprout is going to look after Sprout, okay? And not after you, unless you're his client. So just wake the hell up and, you know, use your head a little bit and your brain because, you know, you know, nature gave it to you, so use it. Yeah, I think, I think that's right. We, we always say to people, everyone's got a different business model. That all, every single person in, a, in an investment, including other retail people, 
have different drivers from you, right? So they have different levels of wealth. They have different needs in their everyday life. They have different, you know, they have different um, uh, risk uh, appetite, you know, so they're all going to have lots of different ways that they will be different from you. And I, and I, I think it's hard for people to recognize that people go, oh, we're all retail together. It's like, no, some of these guys got in early and, you know, as soon as, you know, they've been underwater for three years. And if they get a chance of getting the hell out of this thing, they're going to dump it. That's a massive overhang on the company. Yeah. You've come in later with different starting points. So therefore you've got different drivers and so forth. So all retail are not on the same team here. And I think that's, that's really hard for people to, you know, understand. Um, and you know, and another, another common theme uh, among these ideas was that uh, almost all of them were trying to put something into production. And so that should open people's eyes that, hey, if you want to put something in production, there's operational risks, it's more, it's more expensive. And, and, and sometimes to put something into production, if the project is advanced enough and it has, let's say, feasibility study or bankable feasibility study, you know that the management is going to put on debt, right? Because God, for, God forbid, they, they would uh, dilute the shareholders, right? Uh, so, so then the moment you put on debt, um, even a small amount can kill them. Like, uh, for example, with, with a company that's still around, uh, Arcana. Arcana used to be, um, this, this used to be the company that was like a, a million uh, ounce silver uh, producer, and it was going to be six million producer. And uh, the market cap reached like 600 million. And uh, they were trying to put a second mine into production. And they took on some debt to do that. Like, I, I believe it was either 20 or 50. Uh, so I'm, because I'm going from my memory. But anyway, things started going south uh, and the silver price wasn't responding. The, the, the company's market cap goes from 600 million to like 50 million. And then that little debt that they had, uh, didn't necessarily kill them, but what happened is that they had one operating mine, La Negra, and they were trying to put Shafter into production in Texas, and La Negra was in Mexico. So the lender forecloses on La Negra, takes La Negra, and leaves the company with Shafter. So that's why I said the promise was to go from 1 million pr production from La Negra to 6 million from both, and they ended up going to zero because of one little debt. And and a lot of times with these companies, like another one that's not gold that I featured was Energold Drilling. At some point too, they, they are a 600 million a market cap. I wrote a report about it and people were like, um, I remember Bill Fleckenstein was saying, oh, this is the best report on this company I've ever seen. Uh, so I obviously knew the company very well. And then the market goes south and there's not as much drilling as there used to be, but they had other divisions. They had energy division, water division, all in drilling, and they don't cut their expenses uh, fast enough or whatever. They have $20 million of debt. I mean, if you look at 20 million versus 600 million market cap, no big deal. $20 million of debt takes them to bankruptcy. And guess who buys them out of bankruptcy? Yes, your friend Sprat. Okay, so it's like, it just infuriates me, okay? Because I want to go and I want to go and I don't know, um, just beat the shit out of the CEO for like, what were you thinking? Like, 
if it was my business, I would cut the expenses to bare bone, bare bone to survive. But no, they take on some debt because, oh, the lenders, are, are, their lenders are our friends. They're going to always adjust the covenants and all this. And then they end up going bankrupt, over $20 million of debt. And they literally missed the bull market by what, six weeks? Because now everybody's drilling, right? Because gold is, is it can only go up, right? Because uh, all the governments around the world are printing money like they weren't printing in 2013, right? Um, so it's just ridiculous. Um, what do you recommend to all these people who watch your videos? What do you say to them? Like, apart from like, wake up, is there like a, here are things that you need to do when you're looking at a company. If you are going to, because you're saying, I, I, I've identified a good company and I've got a, a ton of examples where they're not so good. So my advice to you is don't invest in mining or if you are going to invest in mining, what should they do? Okay, so I'll answer it two ways. I'll, I'll answer it in a way what people should do uh, and what I do, what, I, what I'm doing. Uh, so first, what I think people should do is educate themselves. Like uh, if, if, you want to, if you want to be an investor in a restaurant business, Hey, educate yourself about restaurants, about how the business operates. So if you want to go into gold, uranium, silver, copper, whatever, educate yourself how the business operates. There's plenty of books out there, internet, YouTube, just, you know, spend a month or two educating yourself. Okay. Then realize that this is a risky business and realize that even if the management is good, some things can go wrong. So realize that and don't, just listen to everything and all the projections that they're saying. Um, and then once you do that, then you will at least know what kind of beast you're dealing with. And you can decide, you know, how much risk you want to put into your portfolio, how much each position needs to be. I mean, you, you're your own person. You know what your risk profile is. You know what your net worth is. Then you can decide. For myself, I'm done. I'm done with this industry. Like I have my last position, which is Oracle Resource. It worked out very well for me. After this one, I'm done. I will never, ever look at this industry again. I don't care what the promise is. I'm done. I don't care if Eric is invested in it, Rick Rule, Landin. I'm done. And that's because the type of investor that I am is I like to look at smaller opportunities. I like to go into places that are overlooked. But I do what I, uh, what, uh, I do what is called scuttlebutt where I look at what the company does, and then I get on the phone and I call um, employ former employees, directors, uh, customers, suppliers, and I have conversations with them and to, to learn about what the company really is. And I'm actually in the middle of doing it with one. I'm talking to the directors. I, 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 I ask them about what they think about the management, how they learned about them. I call the customers. I ask them, why are they buying this product? Why aren't they going with the competitor? So I don't just listen to the, to the company's presentations and brochures because they're always beautiful and, and colorful. I want to know what the real story is. I can't do this kind of research with the mining companies. I can't go and get my own drill and drill and be like, hmm, let's see what the grade is. I can't do that. So no matter what I do, no matter who I talk to, how many directors I talk to, how many, nobody can answer those questions until the drills go in. So for that reason, I'm just done with this industry. Because you can't validate it. You're saying, I can't validate it properly. I need, I have to. You're telling me I have to rely on your numbers and your numbers only. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. We, we, 
I know what you mean. We, 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 we do these kind of fortnightly analyst notes, right? We just, we try and show people that the numbers that are put out by the company can be interpreted in a range of different ways deliberately so that the company doesn't have to accurately yeah. report yeah. the actuality let, of the let, situation. Let, let me give you an example of what I did with cool. the one that actually worked out for me. Uh, Who, who's this company? Who's this company? So the name is Oracle Resource. The ticker right. symbol is OCO. So I discovered this company in 2017 because they had this massive uh, copper project in Mexico called Santa Tomas. And Santa Tomas uh, was tied up in a legal battle uh, for 20 years. And this company was uh, solving the legal problems. But the, we are, I already knew that there was a lot of copper in the ground because there was like 100 holes, historical holes. And the property has been passed down from one uh, owner to another over many years. So I knew that they uh, essayed, re-essayed and checked that. So I knew that copper was there and I knew there were parties that were fighting over it in court for 20 years. So the key was to figure out uh, whether they were going to win this lawsuit. And, and most people don't want to get involved in lawsuits. So what I did was, uh, the, the lawsuit was being fought in three different jurisdictions, Mexico, Bahamas, and Arizona. And I realized that people didn't realize that the lawsuit was already won before it was won. So what I was doing is, and, and I like, uh, I created a website post about it. I was calling the, the courthouse in Arizona and I was buying like daily, whenever they had an update, I was buying uh, the, 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 the legal documents straight from the courthouse. I even got the judge on the phone. I was checking how the lawsuit was going and I could see, and I was like every, every, every day, every other day, I'm like, hey, I wanna buy this report. And they would charge me $2, whatever. And then they would send me this report. So I could see the progress of that lawsuit. And I could see like they already won. The other party has like no argument and no chance. And the other party was like, it was like an auto mechanic and, and a nurse. like. These people were broke. They, they, they couldn't even fight it. So, so then I featured this on my website and I was uploading all of these um, papers from Arizona. Uh, but that was a little different because I didn't have to, you know, drill in the ground. This was, this was about the legals. This was about something that nobody was looking at. And I was getting the information even quicker than the management. Like I was telling management how their lawsuit was going because I was getting the documents faster than they were because, you know, the lawyers had provided to them. I had it faster. The moment it was released, I already had it within two minutes. So it was just a little different type of research. And I had conviction that I could bet big on this company because I, I didn't have to worry about certain things. So where are you going to go then? I'm not investing in mining anymore. I'm going to make my money on Oracle. Uh, where, where, you, where do you think that your money is going to go? You I mean, spend it or invest it? No, no. There's, there's plenty of companies out there in the small space or microcap space. Like you look at exchanges like TXX Venture or OTC or, or, or even Canadian Exchange or AIM in London or in Australia. There's, there's plenty of bad companies on these exchanges because like OTC is like the graveyard, right? For companies that maybe got delisted. But if you go through... Uh, uh, these companies like one by one, no, no, no screens, no anything, one by one, you can find some incredible, incredible opportunities of like really good businesses with 
real clients, real plans. Like, for example, when COVID hit, so this is, an, I, sorry, I have like 10 books that I wrote. This awesome. You got to send me the list. You got to send yeah. me the list. It's brilliant. So, so this book is How to Profit from Coronavirus Recession. Okay. And I wrote it in April of 2020. And uh, what happened was that while Oracle was working out and the stock price was going up, I was planning ahead, like, what am I going to do with this money? So what I did is I went through 6,000 companies, one by one, on OTC, TSX Venture, Canadian Exchange, New York Stock Exchange, one by one. And I made a list of like 200 companies that I would like to own regardless of the price. Like I like based on what? Well, 6,000 to 200. How did you select yeah, 200? So, so like uh, I wanted to be a good business. So good business is either uh, they have, uh, uh, you know, a nice brand or, or they have a business that has some switching costs that, you know, once you start using it, it's tough to get out. Uh, kind of like, you know, what Warren Buffett talks about moats. Uh, so, uh, uh, like not capital intensive, uh, that they can grow revenues without, if you own an apartment building and you want to uh, increase revenues, you have to build more apartment buildings. But if you have, you know, a newsletter, you, you, the platform is in, right? So I was wanting to look for good businesses. And so then I made a list. And then when coronavirus hit, of course, everything sold off. So then in this book, I featured 50 businesses that were great. And they, they range from large businesses to medium business to small businesses like micro, because I wanted to give everybody a little bit of everything. And so from, from, from this book or from that research that I did, that's how MicroCap Explosions, which is my website, that's how it was born because people were emailing me and then they were saying, um, hey, do you have a newsletter or anything? And I didn't have anything, but I, they kind of kept bugging me. So then at some point I made a video and I said, look, so many of you are bugging me about doing something. And, and like, I'm not going to do something for two people or five people. Okay. So if I do something like this, let, I said, let's call it microcap explosions. If I do it, then uh, it's going to be, you know, small companies. It's not going to be cheap. Okay. I'm not doing it for hundred dollars a year. It's going to be 1500 and and if I get enough people, then I'll do it. If I don't, stop bugging me. And so I released that video and like um, I posted it and I just went for a walk, um, got myself some, some food at a gas station. And then 30 minutes later, I come back. It's like 60 people that are interested. So I'm like, okay, for that, I'll do that. So that's how it started. But it all started from the research that I went through 6,000 companies and I picked the ones that I wanted and that, that gave me the foundation to, to, to launch it. How's that going? How's the, oh, how are the 50 work. companies doing? Do you track them on your website? I mean, I mean look, uh, pretty much anything you wrote about in April of 2020 did well, right? So, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they absolutely did fantastic. Uh, and, and, they, and, they, and the smaller ones... Uh, continue to do fantastic because usually when you have a when you have a rebound it's the big ones that get the rebound first and then the medium and then the sw small ones can, kind of catch up later um, fantastic 
That's really good news. That's I mean that's a, that's a really nice story actually. And so and and today the the newsletter and the website still doing well, attracting more people all the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean we have right now we have about two hundred people. Uh, Fantastic. And, and yeah, and the, the the goal of this is it's never it's never to be like five thousand subscribers or anything like this because we are dealing with smaller companies. So you know liquidity is an issue so it's i i like to look at it like you know i have a bus full of people that i go into places where we can fit but i don't have room to have an army or a nation of people you know so i'm not i don't promote it like i don't buy facebook ads or anything for that reason like it, it grows not naturally but i most likely wanted to like I want the new people to replace the ones that might not resubscribe for whatever reasons, but I'm not trying to, you know, make it huge because then it's not going to work. If enough people can't get their positions, what's the point? Yeah. Well, Marius, I'm just so conscious of time here. Um, thank you so much. I love the bit where you're trying to help people spot things which they shouldn't do or things that companies do which they sh retail should be aware of. Um, I, and obviously, I'll, I'll have to go and look. So it's microcapexplosions.com? Yes. Brilliant. Okay. And uh, you should send us uh, some links to those books as well. We should, we'll try and, uh, uh, well, we'll definitely buy them and have a read. Um, see if we can't learn something, okay? Sounds good. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.